0: You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 90, Creating Your Own Mom Mastermind. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, mama. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode. Motivational speaker Jim Rohn was known for saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with because the people who you spend the most time with influence the way you think. If you want to become the best version of yourself, you have to surround yourself with people who will lift you up and motivate you to grow and evolve to that next level. Today, I have my five people on the show. We call ourselves the Unstoppable Six, and I often joke that our hashtag is five Mormons and a Jew. (laughs) Almost two years ago, At a mastermind event for the Life Coach School, I went to dinner with a large group of life coaches in the hotel lobby restaurant, and I introduced myself to the woman sitting next to me. I mentioned that I was starting a podcast, and she told me that she already had one. So we chatted the entire meal about podcasting, life coaching, and our businesses. The following day, she approached me after one of the classes and asked if I wanted to be in a small mastermind group she was creating. The goal of the group, she said, was to help support each other as we grew our businesses, coach each other, and hold each other accountable for reaching our goals. She said there were four other people in the group already, and I didn't recognize any of their names. I didn't know what to expect, but I was flattered to be asked, so I said yes. Almost a year ago, on one of our bi-monthly Zoom calls, we identified business goals for the following year. I told them that in one year, I'd be at episode 93 of my podcast, and that since I do interviews every 10th episode, they would be my guests for episode 90. And here we are. I have two main intentions for this episode. The first is to inspire you to start a mom mastermind of your own. You'll hear us talk about our mastermind group and share ideas for starting one yourself. We also talk about what our group means to us and how it's benefited us in ways beyond what we ever imagined. The second intention is to introduce you to these five amazing moms, women, and coaches so that you can hear about the incredible contributions they're making in the world. Each has their own area of expertise, whether it's related to relationships, health, or business. I know you're going to love these mamas as much as I do, and you'll find links to all of their businesses in today's show notes at lessdramamormama.com forward slash zero nine zero. Without further ado, please enjoy my interview with the Unstoppable Six, hashtag five Mormons and a Jew. This is so much fun. So welcome, everybody, to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, and I thought that we would start with Meg because Meg, <laughs> you're the one who approached me with the idea of joining this mastermind. I don't know if it was your idea. I feel like it was. It was um, all my idea. It was all your idea. Your I'm going to take idea. 100% credit for it. Okay, so tell tell us, how did you come up with the idea for this group? What was your vision? What did you hope to accomplish by creating it?
1: Well, I think in I think in any anything that we do right it it tends to be lonely if you don't have other people around you and if you can't lean on other people so my thought was is that we had all just certified and we're just kind of you know getting we'd all been released from our groups you know and i just wanted more like help and more structure and more camaraderie and understanding like a group of people that would understand what i was going through and that we could help each other and so that's just kind of how it started and I looked around the room and I'm like, Oh, she looks cool. She looks cool. <laughs> Let's invite them. <laughs> okay. And no, was it there just kind of fell into place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was there, was there like, did you have the number six in mind as like a,
1: a good number or did it just work out that way? Well, I think, um, I think Kendra and I were um, rooming together that mastermind. and uh, We were staying at a friend's house and I think we just kind of, we're talking about it. And I was like, I don't want it to be too big, you know, because if it gets too big, then it's really hard to manage and coordinate everybody's schedule. But I didn't want it just two people because I think you need more minds. So I don't know, it just kind of happened to end up being six. I don't know. It wasn't like a calculated, a really calculated decision. So. Okay. And I
0: want, I want everybody as you're talking to tell us like, who you coach, you know,
1: what's your business about?
0: What can you tell us about that?
1: Okay. So I coach moms who feel trapped in motherhood, mainly LDS moms, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but really the principles I teach are applicable to any mom. So yeah, that's who I work with and help kind of come to have integrity in their motherhood and love who they are in their motherhood. So I'm not a parenting coach. I'm more work on you as the mom and showing up the way that you want to so that you can parent the way that you want to. So I love that.
0: So you worked with moms who feel trapped. And I think a lot of moms are feeling trapped right now being at home with their kids. So what do you want to tell moms who are feeling that way?
1: Yeah. What I'm starting to see on social media, you know, and through my clients is, is that they aren't, they've been kind of like, Oh, this is kind of fun. And this is like a new thing. And now we're hitting like week three, four, five, like somewhere in there, depending on where you're living kind of. And the reality of it is setting in schools are getting canceled Now we're really going to be home with our kids. Now we're really responsible for making sure everything gets done and just being in close proximity with everybody. If you weren't feeling trapped before, you probably are now in a very almost more literal sense than just mentally trapped. So I think really what the important thing now is to initially just feel the feels, right? Just Let your emotions, like if you're frustrated, feel that emotion. Don't try and like push it down and say, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Like, because there's a lot of stuff out there that's like, you should be really grateful for this time. This is like a great pause. And it is great, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to feel negative emotion still. And then it's not going to be hard. So you have to allow yourself, this is something that your brain has never dealt with before. It's brand new. Like, We don't really have even something to look back on and go, how did they handle it back then, you know? And so it's kind of unprecedented. And so your brain is always trying to figure it out and we can't quite figure it out. So it's going to create a lot of uncomfortable feelings. So, So, but when you say, go ahead and feel your feelings, you know, a lot
0: of those feelings are
1: frustration,
0: anger... What do you mean exactly? Because I think then parents feel like, well then I just have a pass to go ahead and scream at my kids. That- well, feeling your feelings doesn't
1: mean you're screaming at your kids. I mean, when you feel the feels, like if you have to like go in your room and shut the door and sit there and be like, okay, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. I'm just going to really feel what that feels like in my body, identify where it is, name it. I think a lot of times we have when i've worked with my clients the normal feelings that i feel are like or that my clients say that they feel are anger sadness frustration overwhelm like those four
2: mm-hmm. but
1: i think that there's many there's so many other emotions in our repertoire of emotions that if you really want to get to where you are feeling you need to open yourself up so I don't know if you give this to them, but maybe I'll send you a link that you could include in the show notes too. It's called the emotional color wheel. Yeah. And I love it because, you know, it takes pretty much those core emotions, but then it broadens them. And I always tell my clients go to what you're really feeling. Because if you're telling me that you're angry, but you're really feeling rejected, like that's much different than anger to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, in order to really, feel the feelings that you're feeling, you have to identify them correctly first. And then just go give yourself a timeout, right? Like the mom timeout and just go cry in your closet and, or even sometimes cry in front of your kids. I don't think that that's a bad thing for them to see like, this is hard for me too. And it's okay that it's hard. It doesn't have to be easy all the time. It doesn't have to be great all the time. It can be hard. And that's that's okay. Because yeah, then and it doesn't you, mean you're a, a bad mom. It means no. you're human. Yeah. And you're giving them permission to also feel their feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not really one who hides my feelings from my children. Like so much so that like when I cry, they don't really, they're like, Oh, mom's crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I think will keep you trapped the most is if you do not allow your feelings to be processed. Oh, that's good. And what their way through. So that's good, Meg. Okay, thank you. Because you can't change the situation, right? It is what it is. Yeah, but if you don't want to feel trapped, you got to let those emotions kind of process through.
0: Yeah, and and how many kids do you have?
1: I, I have five kids. I have five kids Mm -hmm. so and they range in age from 14 to four so right three boys and two girls and you have dogs too right I have one dog okay yes a big 80 pound standard poodle he's actually the most obedient child so (laughs) (laughs) he listens to me all the time he follows me around he's very loyal he's great Awesome. So what, do you, what would you say has
0: been the most beneficial thing for you about being part of this group?
1: Oh man, that's a really good question. I think it's just knowing that there are these people who I can be super vulnerable with and really open with. And I know that they are going to love me anyway, and that they're cheering me on and they want me to succeed. And they'll take me however I am. And that's really, I think that's really important in today's society because I think so many of us feel so judged and so like we have to show up in a certain way. Like I kind of think that modern society, and this kind of goes back to what I coach on with moms is that you know, we're in our homes, we're struggling, we're having a really hard time, but then we put on our makeup and we go outside and we put a smile on our face and we say, everything's fine because we don't want to show that we have weaknesses, that we have things that we struggle with because we're afraid of being judged or mistreated in some way and not respected and understood. So I don't know. I just think I feel very safe in this group and I love all you girls. I think you all are great. That's why I invited you all to be in the group. (laughs) We love you too. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So Kendra,
0: let's go over to you. Kendra, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who do you coach? What's your business? How many kids do you have? Where do you live? I don't know.
3: Whatever you want to share. Oh, don't (laughs) get me started. Um, So I help coach teenagers I help them see their true potential, which I think helps guide a lot of their uh, behaviors and just helps them kind of navigate the world they're living in, such a different world than I think we all as parents grew up in. And I also help coach parents of teens, kind of giving them like a step-by-step guide on how to handle things with this age of like anxiety and distraction and kind of a little support for them along the way. So I have four kids. I actually have two teenagers. My son's going to be, my oldest is 15 and my son will be 13 next week. And then I have um, a 10-year-old and an almost six-year-old. And I live in California. Nice. That's me. So I'm wondering what's come up
0: in your business with the people that you're coaching now with coronavirus, are teens more anxious around this time or are the parents more anxious? What, what is it that you're seeing
3: right now? It's been interesting because I think some kids who were struggling in school have found it to be better at home and doing well. But I would say the majority of kids, you know, for teenagers, this is a really important age socially that they are, ha- they've done so many studies. They really are happiest when they're with their peers, having experiences with their peers, not like the social media, of like the likes and the connecting that way. It feels like connection, but it's not for them. It's actually having these experiences. So I think a lot of them are struggling from that and not being able to hang out with peers And see them, even though we have like FaceTime and some other things, it's just a different experience. And I think what I'm finding right now to the most is there's just a lot of hidden stress among the parents and even among the teens and showing up in ways that I don't think people are connecting to stress. You know, sometimes it's affecting their health or can be like headaches, things that you wouldn't necessarily associate that, but it's kind of these hidden symptoms of people taking on the stress of what this virus has done.
0: So what would you tell moms who are listening to this podcast who have teenagers mm-hmm. and, and I have a teenager too, right? And it, that is her main concern right now is she doesn't get to see her friends. And so that is a source of stress. What would you tell moms? How do, how do you handle that when you know, you're stuck at home and you can't see your friends and maybe there's some tension in the house because of that, because you're with your parents? What advice can you
3: give us? So one thing I've been suggesting to a lot of my clients is just this daily check-in because one thing about all our feelings, whether it's stress or anxiety, anything else, if we can just talk about them and name them, it relieves a lot of them, kind of like takes a lot of their power away. And so just to check in like, Hey, how you feeling today? Teenagers don't always want a super long conversation with their parents. So it doesn't need to be this like in-depth thing, but it is just this daily like, Hey, what was hard about today? what'd you like about today? What were you feeling? Um, I've been having some of my own kids in the evening, just kind of writing out half a page on just, you know, how they were feeling that day. Cause just constantly kind of getting those things out instead of suppressing all that will help manage the day to day. And then also it's the other things that not all of us feel like doing all the time, but it's getting outside and getting fresh air. It is exercising. It's doing those things. that's so easy. And I watched my daughter in the beginning of this, like just slowly go into pajamas each day and like slowly kind of just stop caring but it's trying it's still doing those things every day as we don't know when this will end but that really does help our mental state yeah and I tell my kids too and my clients like keep checking in with friends the FaceTime does help even if you don't always feel like in the moment I can tell they're a lot happier afterwards and connecting mm-hmm. with someone outside of family yeah it's a good point
0: So what about you? What would you say, what would you say has been the biggest benefit for you as being part of this group or your favorite thing about being a part of this group?
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many. So I think one thing that helped is we all started at the same time, which I think if you're talking to moms creating their own little groups, it really was helpful when I had little kids to be around moms that had little kids, like you just kind of have this thing in common but it's not this competitive, like comparing it's like this, what Meg was talking about, kind of the safe place where we're all here to like support each other. And um, I think one of the biggest benefits, number one, it's a group of coaches. So I feel completely supported that if I need help with anything, I have like five incredible coaches here that can help coach my mind and help me through something. That's, I feel like I love because I, you guys know me on a different level than if I just called in like a coach who didn't know me as well. And then another benefit, I think that surprised me is just the friendships that have developed. Like I've really grown to just see all of you as my friends and it feels different than other friendships I have because we have the coach thing in common and I can speak and coach, which not all of my friends, other friends always understand. And I just think that's a huge benefit that can come from these organized groups is like the friendships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Rhonda. Hello. Hello. Hi. Tell
2: us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Who do you help? I am Rhonda Farr and I call myself the intimacy coach. I am in Tennessee. You might hear a little bit of an accent. I have a family of boys. I was raised in a family of boys and I've been saying lately to my clients, I'm just a woman in a man's world from the day I was born. So actually, this is interesting because I don't even think I've shared it with the whole group yet, but my coaching practice has really evolved over the last few years. I started out helping wives who wanted to be more confident with intimacy and more confident in the bedroom. But I don't know if I've told you guys, my practice is about 90% male right now. So what I'm doing and um, who I'm speaking to more are the husbands, which I love because when I was working with the women, it was awesome. I always want to help them in any way I can, but so often they would say, I just don't know how to connect with him. And I don't think he knows how to connect with me. And I think he loves me and he wants to, to be that partner that we both envisioned would create this happy marriage, but he doesn't get it. So What I'm doing these days is helping men understand the women. So I'm taking everything I learned in the first couple of years and teaching it to the husbands. And I feel like I'm serving both spouses in the relationship that way. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. So I'm going to ask you kind of the same question
0: I asked Kendra, which is like, at this time in our history with everybody being home, what are you seeing with your clients and their marriages and what advice can you give moms who are listening who may not be getting along so
2: well with their spouses right now? So there are a couple of things going on. Number one is the shared space for many couples. It's really difficult because we're often set in our routines and our ways and we get up in the morning and we do certain things and we have certain spaces and it's kind of like we have little blocks of time and how we do things. And now... Those blocks of time for both spouses and their kids for many of us, it's just running all over the place and it's intermingled with trying to do school and trying to do his work and her work and housework and all these things. So kind of what Kendra said too, I would say be intentional, really realize what's going on because I even fell into this a little bit. Like I was just more reactive, like let's wake up and let's just do what needs to be done. And I wasn't very intentional. And we started stepping on each other's territory a little bit. And it was a little bit frustrating. So I would say take a step back at what needs to be done and how you intentionally want to handle it versus just reacting to each other all day. That's number one. And then number two is something that I see all the time, but it's um, vamped up a little bit now. Oftentimes there's one partner who's a little bit more dominant and one partner who's a little bit more into keeping the peace and making sure the other partner doesn't get frustrated. So that's going on for many of us all the time. But I would say during this time, especially, what happens is we have that one more soft-spoken partner or who's trying to keep the peace. They start to feel a little resentful when they're having to do that all day long and a little bit like a loss of identity, like. I'm having to do everything for everybody else and kind of forgetting their se- themselves. And that can work sometimes. But when we're doing that constantly every day, we get a little frustrated. And then the other partner who's a little bit more dominant, they think they like that, right? They think they like their partner keeping the peace for them, but what they're feeling is often a lack of true connection, right? Because that more submissive partner isn't being their real self. They're trying to mm-hmm. say the right things and do the right things, which is kind of fake. And I don't mean that in a condescending way, but it's like this facade, like, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to say? And so that more dominant partner feels a frustration and a disconnect as well. So especially during this time when we're both doing that all day long, we might feel a little bit frustrated and like the divide is even greater emotionally, even though we're physically closer. So anyway. Yeah, so
0: what do people do? (laughs) (laughs)
2: well isn't that the question we're all asking something that I have really worked with my clients on lately is being authentic and when you have a thought or a feeling recognizing it and understanding why you're feeling that way or why you're thinking that way and then deciding intentionally again like I was talking about before is that something I want to share And if it's something that I do want to share, but I'm afraid to why, um, I have one client right now. He said, just hearing you say that I can speak my mind and say what I really think to my wife makes me want to throw up (laughs) bless his heart. Um, so for him, it's just a, a matter of practicing when he has a thought or a feeling Sharing it in a way that he feels comfortable with and staying in alignment with who he is. And for some of your listeners who have never done that before, they might feel a little sick thinking about that too. It's kind of a big jump, but it is, it's a practice. And the more we do it, the better we get at it. Well, thank you. I, I'm also thinking
0: about like, in terms of this group, Meg and Kendra both talked about feeling safe and vulnerable and authentic in our group. If, you're, if we're talking to moms and encouraging them to maybe start a group of their own, what would you say to moms in creating intimacy? It's not the same kind of intimacy that you coach on, but safety, trust with other moms, who, I mean, I didn't know any of you when we started this group. I know some of you knew each other beforehand, but I didn't know any of you. And so what would you say to the mom who's feeling like, well, I don't know how to be vulnerable. I don't know how to be in a group of women that maybe I don't know very well. How do I open up to them?
2: Yeah, I would say for a mom who is feeling that way, it's probably because she has learned that it's scary to open up Just like in a relationship, we've learned that if we open up and we're true to ourselves, our spouse might shut us down. Our spouse might reject us. And I would say this moment probably learned something similar to that along the way that if I'm true to myself, if I'm vulnerable and open, something scary might happen. Mm -hmm. And I think to validate that, like, have I opened up before and did I feel hurt or rejected? And to just understand where that fear is coming from and not to get too deep with your clients but if they're listening to for a while or listening to you for a while maybe they already know this but a feeling is just a feeling right and to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable is one of the most important things you can do to allow yourself to be open and experience true connection and true intimacy Cause if you go into a group, just like in a marriage and you say the right quote, right thing, and you appear to be the quote, right person to fit this group, you're going to get nothing out of it because you're not showing up as yourself. It will yeah. be a, a false experience for you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that.
4: Yeah. All right, Natalie. Yes. Tell us everything about you, all the things. Yes. Um, so I am Natalie Brown. I have a coaching practice. I'm a weight loss coach. So I help women lose weight for the last time. So I'm about my clients being realistic, finding ways that they can lose weight and live their lives. Um, not doing like extreme quick fixes, but like permanent changes. So on the level of habit, really looking at why they eat, not just what they eat. And I love it. I myself lost weight by changing my thinking. And so it's been super valuable for me to be able to share my experience in combination with my coaching and all of the tools that I have to help these women conquer this piece that feels like unconquerable to many of them um and I am also a mom I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years until I got certified a few years ago I have three kids 18 15 and 10 so I'm doing both now and loving it sometimes my brain's like I should go back to just being a mom because it was so easy and then I laugh at myself and remember that <laughs> there's nothing easy about it so <laughs> it's just yeah I love it awesome okay and tell us
0: what's been the The best part about being in this group for you? I feel like we've all watched you go through so much growth in your business and as a coach, and it's been amazing to watch and to be a part of. And what's that? What's it been like for you to be part of this group and going through all of that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I did a couple of other masterminds, business masterminds um, through the Life Coach School. And, you know, I think either way, I know that coaches are my people, but I feel like you guys know me, you know, kind of inside and out in in a different way than other colleagues that we have, right? So other mentors and, and other people. So I feel like my experience is always, you know, finding some common ground, right? With people who are going through the same thing. But in terms of this group, we all kind of collectively in an unspoken way, just like made a pact that we're each other's people. So I know like, you know, I can go through being, you know, another mastermind or doing some other group and come back here to you guys and know like you guys totally have my back. You understand me. I can vent, I can complain, you know, in a different way or celebrate. And you guys celebrate me in a different way than anybody else, because we all kind of decided that that's just what we were going to do for each other. So I feel like I can be myself completely and like all that other stuff's irrelevant. I'm still a human right? So I still, I still need coaching. I still make mistakes. I still fumble and stumble and fall and all of that along with, you know, all of the winning and growing and all the fun things too. And I love being able to share both sides, the good and the bad, the light and the dark, the ugly and the pretty, all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm glad you brought that up that we,
0: that we celebrate each other. You know, we always have each other's backs. Our group has gone through lots of different... I don't know. We started meeting once a month, I think. And then later, we changed to every other week instead of just once a month. We wanted more time together. This is just like the technical parts of it for people listening. But we usually meet for a minimum of an hour. A lot of times we go over an hour. And we usually have a different topic depending on the the week. So we've done book clubs and we take turns coaching each other and we take turns teaching, coaching topics or ideas and we
4: set goals with one another. Am I missing anything? What else have we done in this group that's we give each other feedback things that we're trying to work on whether it's coaching or you know parts of our business or whatever so i think that's also super helpful because it's you know people we know and trust and you know trust their opinion and also know that we can not feel criticized and judged because we know it's all coming from so much love for each other
1: and i think too we go to you know we go to in person events through the life coach school and i think because we do this regularly, like when we get together in person, it's just so much more fun. Like I'm so excited. I'm more excited to see you guys than I am really for the events. Sometimes like I'm like the events really fun, but like, it's fun to be able to, you know, stay up late and talk about just random stuff that I don't really talk about with a lot of other people (laughs) and eat cupcakes and all that kind of fun stuff that we just you know, kind of just really let our guard down and just have a really good time. I know I was going to add to, I don't know who it was that you were asking about. I think it was Rhonda. Like, how do you open up and have intimacy with people? And I think sometimes it's actually easier to open up and be more intimate with people who are not in your everyday life and know your family and where you live. And there's some like anonymity to this group a little bit too, like where, we don't know everything, but we know enough. And so we just love what, what comes to the group. Like mm-hmm. we love whatever anybody brings. So I think if, if you're talking to women who are trying to start this kind of a group, it could end up being something that's so much more valuable because you don't know everybody in the group. Like there can be a greater intimacy level to some extent.
3: Yeah. yeah I add on point. to that too, Meg, that I think part of the reason this group works so well is we're all really different too. I think it'd be easy to just pick people that you feel very similar with and, but there's a lot of growth and opening my own mind to things because we are so different. I don't even know if we would have handpicked each other during that certification, like seeing each other and somehow it has just worked out. But I think diversity plays in that. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, I think the real solidifying thing is that we all wanted it, right? Like we all knew we needed it and we wanted it and we committed to it. Yeah. And then that's what made it work.
0: Yeah. And I would say like, if you're thinking about starting your own mastermind or momtourage or whatever you want to call it, but you want to identify a particular need or a common goal, it could be weight loss. It could be, you know, maybe you're all divorced moms or you're all in the same type of business or whatever it is, but just some kind of common goal that you have. And then deciding on the size of the group, how often you're going to meet, the topics that you're going to discuss. And then, you know, we do everything on Zoom because we're all in different states, but you may decide that you want to have it a local group where you guys can meet up. Of course, not during quarantine, (laughs) but (laughs) when we're past this, Because I did... When Marissa was a baby, I started a playgroup for moms. And it was the same kind of thing. I didn't really know people, but I just reached out. And then those people brought some of their friends. And we would get together once a week. And we would go from house to house every week. Somebody new would host it at their home. And then as our kids got older, we would go out to the park and we would go to restaurants and we would get together on Halloween or whatever. And it was really fun to be able to just, you know, create that community for ourselves, that support. Anything else, Natalie, that you want to add, especially anything about your business? Now, I'm sure a lot of people are
4: eating their way through the quarantine. (laughs) Any advice you want to give that, give us about... I named it the COVID-19 pounds because yeah. everybody's just deciding that since they're just home, they might as well eat all the things. So one of the things I have been thinking a lot about and talking to my clients a lot about, we don't have an idea necessarily right this moment when things will be back to quote unquote normal or what even that will even look like, but there's always a version of your future self, whether it's the version of your future, like future Natalie tonight or tomorrow, or next week that you can connect to back to this moment, right? So as you're making food decisions, as you're making parenting decisions, as you're making self-care decisions, thinking about her, like what gifts you can give her what choices you can make in this moment like how does this moment connect to that goal that version of yourself that you want to become just so you remain i think you know a lot of us have there's lots of opportunity to use our imaginations to imagine the worst case scenarios and spend a lot of time you know in the future that doesn't exist yet and i think we can kind of turn that around and use that imagination to our advantage and imagine, you know, how we want to feel next week based on our choices today. Do you want to feel proud? Do you want to feel satisfied? I don't think you have to want to lose weight, but do you want to just maintain it? What does that look like? What is that going to entail? So just keeping some connection to some version of future you that has a stake in this game that makes this moment matter a
5: little bit more.
0: Well said. All right. Roxana okay i
5: have I have a different mic. Does that help?
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Roxana's joining us from her car now. <laughs> I'm escaping. yes, hello, oh, hi, Tell us all about you,
5: okay, so I am Roxana Patterson. I am an accent coach We're like a career confidence coach because I I coach professionals um, who are foreigners, but have a desire to work for U.S. companies or in the U.S. or um, Canada, U.K. In any case, they want to kind of better their prospects of um, in their careers. So I'm a trained, certified speech language pathologist. So I've been helping people communicate for 20 years. And I'm just kind of taking that spin of the accent portion of that because we do do that to help people in their careers. But really, it's it's to help them build their confidence, to be honest. So that's what I do. All right. And tell us about your family. Uh, yeah, so I'm married, 20 years. Uh, I've got five children, ages be t- range between 26 and uh, 11. My oldest, obviously, is in a functioning adult. And then I've got college and high schoolers and about to have a middle schooler. I guess it's official, right? Since nobody's going back to school. <laughs> She's <laughs> a middle schooler. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we were Air Force for long time. My husband retired after almost 25 years and we've lived all over the place and just landed last summer in Southern California, so not bad. No, not bad at all. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your experience
0: in this mastermind group. What what's it been like for you? What's been the best part about
5: it for you and what how has it helped you personally or professionally? You know, I think the best part about it is it's really challenged me in a way that I don't challenge myself. I set high expectations, but the group has just been so good at kind of holding me to task. Not like in a in a way that's critical or, you know, pressure-filling. It's just I know somebody's going to ask about, you know, the goals that we set or it's just kind of having that accountability with kindness and understanding and a lot of grace. So, you know, I'm always on this quest to like become my better, best self. And the group has just been really a great support system for that particular goal.
0: So do you, do you recall any of the goals that you set and how the group has helped you be
5: accountable to them? I can't recall like any particular specific goal, but, well, that's not true. You know what? I had that goal of losing weight, losing 30 pounds. And I remember getting coached on that by you, in fact, because I was so frustrated. I couldn't lose. I don't know how, however many of the last whatever pounds and you coached me on it. But also I remember a couple of people chiming in, um, you know, to add you know, suggestions or feedback or whatever that particular session, even, So yeah, it's been, it's been incredibly helpful.
0: Okay. Awesome. And now with five kids, how, how do you make this a priority? Because, you know, I was thinking about, we all have kids and we all are so committed to showing up for this every other week. What would you tell a mom who's like, well, I don't have time for a mastermind group, or I don't, I don't know that
5: I can commit to something like that. What would you tell that person? No, I think that's a great question because as I'm talking to you right now, I am in the car, we're driving, we're escaping (laughs) this (laughs) quarantine. So we're escaping this quarantine together as a family. And I've just, on Sundays is our time as a family to kind of look at the calendar and say, this is what's going on. And on those weeks that we have calls, I just let everybody know, okay, hey, I've got my, my coaching call at this time. At one point... I was a single parent, my husband and I were, we were just living in different states for job purposes. And, uh, I would tell my kids at that point, like, so you are responsible to get yourselves to bed. The internet's going to, you know, shut off at this time and, you know, make sure, you know, all the things right now, I don't have to do that necessarily, but they already know like mom's just not available from starting at 6 PM on Wednesday nights. So don't come ask me any questions, you know, go ask your dad, you know, that sort of thing. Or like right now, they're all being silent in the car. So <laughs> awesome. In our little, so appreciate you kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think it's just kind of being transparent with everybody and, and at the same time, demonstrating to them that, you know, we set priorities Whatever our reasons are, as long as we like our reasons, we set those priorities, share them with them, and then we uphold them.
0: Yeah. I love that because I think we, as moms, tend to put our kids first so much of the time, but having a group like this and letting your kids see you are a person outside of being a mom. You're you're a woman, you're a you know business owner, a friend, all, all these other things outside of being a mom. And it's important for them to see that and to know this is one hour every other week that you get to do something outside of your mom duties or whatever, that that's important to you. And it helps you grow as a, as an individual. And I think that's
5: really important. Yeah. And I, I think they too, specifically to speaking to coaching, they've definitely seen the benefits and have been, you know, personal benefactors <laughs> of when mom kind of works on herself, her own thoughts, her own emotions and all of that. Like they, they benefit from that. So yeah, I think it's it's a really great thing to, to show them that we're all important, including me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Does anybody
0: else, before we end, I want to make sure that everybody says anything that they want to add. Of course, I'm going to link to all of your businesses in the show notes so that everybody can find you. We have... Natalie Brown has a podcast and Rhonda Farr has a podcast. Meg, do you still have your podcast up for people to find? It is still up. Yeah. They can still find it. So I'll link to all of that stuff in the show notes and people can reach out to you if they want coaching for the particular thing that you help people with. Is there anything else that you guys want to add about our group or about moms creating their own group?
4: I will. Okay. Okay. I think I was just thinking, you know, I think a lot of us believe we need to rely on outside circumstances, you know, things falling into place, us finding, you know, or happening upon our people and, you know, having it like, just like a tribe, a group, a friend group or whatever just kind of happened to us. Like, we'll just discover it. And I think, you know, just like this example of us that you have the power and even the responsibility to go create it for yourself. Like you don't have to find the perfect person. You don't have to interview people. You don't have to just be in the right place at the right time. You can go out there and create your own tribe of people that can be your people there for you. And I think it's super important. Obviously we've all kind of expressed the value that we found here in this group, but I think that's, you know, that don't leave it up to chance or you know the perfect storm of social situations. Like go out there and find it, create it for yourself.
0: Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. And I remember that's what my friend Jane, my high school friend Jane, said to me when I became a mom. She says you have to start a play group, Pam. Just go out there and find people and start a group. And that's what I did, and it was it was so rewarding. So yeah, I agree. You can't just sit around and wait for people to come to you. Go out there and and create it yourself. And, you know, you may find that you're not connecting with somebody and that's okay. And then you can just part ways and go find
3: other people. Kendra, you wanted to say something? Yeah. I just want to add to something about Pammy. That's what yeah. I call her. <laughs> Is being in this group with her. I know a lot of you guys listen to her podcast. You love a lot of the stuff that she puts out. We've all benefited from Pam and her content, but there's a really big difference between. Listening to all that stuff and trying really hard to apply at home, and then actually getting coached by someone. And me being coached personally by Pam has really benefited and changed my life. And I cannot recommend that more. That if you're on the line of just like, I think maybe it would help, it'll definitely help. And I want to say firsthand, from Pam especially, she can help you. This is, she's an expert in all of this and has been trained in this. And I can't say enough good things for you guys to sign up and really get coaching from her.
0: Thank you, Kendra. Amen. <laughs> yes, well, I think agree. Yes and yes. <laughs> Thank you. I think all of you are brilliant coaches. We've, like I said before, we've all coached each other. And so I can attest to all of their brilliance as well. And I feel really comfortable recommending any of you to anybody. Right. I know that you guys are all amazing coaches and you can help anybody. So that's another reason why I feel like so confident and comfortable putting all of your contact information and everything on my web page to say, go and talk to these women. They're incredible. So thank you. Thanks, Pam.
5: Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Thanks, thanks, Pam.
0: Thank you. I love you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too, so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.